This is Out of the Dark by Choices, Chapter 2. Draco wakes from the creak of a floorboard outside his door. His hand reflexively clutches at his wand, hidden beneath his pillow, before he remembers the previous night, and Potter, sleeping in the room next to his. He sighs, feeling oddly exposed, even though he's under a pile of blankets. He tries not to imagine what Potter must think, having woken up in an old, dusty manner, alone, and probably with no recollection of where he is or how he got here. Draco knows that he should get up, tell Potter he is safe, offer him some coffee and a side along. It's unlikely that the man is steady enough on his feet to be trusted with apparition yet. Draco closes his eyes. Potter will be fine on his own for a few more minutes. There's nothing dangerous left in the manor, apart from the icy drafts, and Draco is just not ready to face him, to be cool and rational and polite. Whatever there is to be said for Potter, he's always managed to make Draco lose control so fast you'd think he'd never had any to begin with. He hated it, knew how it looked, knew how he looked to Potter, wild and unrestrained, endlessly erratic, even though he wasn't, even though he'd been, even then, even as a little boy trying to carve a place for himself in the world, calm and methodical and terribly collected, always, except for the moments when faced with him. The one time he'd truly lost his composure without Potter's involvement was that day in the girls' toilets. Draco absently curls his palm over the largest scar left behind by Potter's sectum sempera, and oh, how he'd paid for it, those tears, that loss of control, with a grotesque webbing of scars across his face and chest, tight and still itchy on days that are particularly damp or dry or remotely uncomfortable. Draco hears the doorknob turn, the shushing of the door sliding open against the rug, he keeps his eyes closed, collecting his thoughts. This is absolutely fine. No more than a slight inconvenience. Bringing Potter here had been the decent thing to do. There's no way he can be angry at Draco for it. Had the situation been reversed, he'd have been grateful for the protection of his dignity. Potter must be, too. He must be. Unable to bear the tension any longer, Draco opens his eyes. Potter is standing there, small and awkward, dwarfed by the towering bedroom door, his hands twisted together, wand nowhere in sight. He's barefoot, and it's oddly intimate. Draco feels a pang somewhere in his solar plexus. He wonders what it would be like if it were someone else standing there, someone who loved him, someone who was hoping for an invitation into his bed. Draco blinks the thought away. Hope is useless to him, as is love. Malfoy, Potter breathes and he sounds relieved, that and exhausted. He shuts the door behind himself and sinks down the wall to sit on the floor, knees coming up to let his chin rest on them, staring at Draco, as though he's something. Don't suppose you have a pepper-up potion somewhere in this place? Draco licks his lips. No, he says, and after a beat, I don't think so. Water, then? Draco nods, sitting up in his bed. The covers fall from him, exposing his chest. Potter's eyes immediately go to the scars, and he pales, closes his eyes as though the sight sickens him. Draco wonders how Harry'd react if he were to see his face without the glamour, the long scar crawling from brow to jaw, the other, smaller but no less prominent, across the bridge of his nose, 
They're beautiful, his mother had said. The mark of a man. Draco takes his wand out from under the pillow and summons two glasses of water. They pop onto his bedside table, and Draco climbs out of his bed, carries one of them to Potter by hand, the thought of doing any unnecessary magic making his stomach churn. Potter watches him, curious but not wary. Aren't you afraid? Draco asks, alone in a Death Eater's house. Should I be? Potter asks. Draco shrugs noncommittally as Potter reaches for the offered glass with a shaking hand and drinks it down. Draco is about to offer him the second glass when Potter flicks his wrist and the glass refills with water. He downs that one too, and half a third before he stops. Draco goes back to his bed, sits on the edge of it, resists the urge to cover his dark mark with his palm. He's not ashamed of where he's been. He made his choices, and he stands by them, however regrettable. No, says Potter, I don't think you're much of a danger to anyone. The words sting, but Draco doesn't rise to the bait. Instead, he nods. There's a shower through the door on the other side of your room. You may use it. I apologize, I don't have any spare toothbrushes in the house. I'll be ready to leave for work in fifteen minutes. You can sigh along. Potter closes his eyes, leans his head back against the wall, exposing the long arc of his throat. Draco stares at it for a moment, wonders when the last time was that someone, anyone, was this relaxed with him. Maybe Pansy, before Draco had taken the mark and proven in one move that he was very much bite and not only bark. Or, I can take you home. I would have last night, but you wouldn't tell me where you lived. I don't live anywhere. Exasperated, Draco nearly snaps, what the fuck does that even mean? But he has more control than that these days. Alternatively, you may remain here. Apparate back when you've recovered some. Don't try to apparate from inside the manor. It'll splinch you. There's some bread and jam in the kitchens. Tea. You may help yourself. Do wear a cloak while moving about, though. I don't heat the rest of the house. Why? What for? Isn't this your home? It's my... Potter, accept the courtesy when it's offered. Potter flinches away, and Draco, damn him, feels as bad for snapping at him as he would for snapping at a puppy. He wants to ask, wants to pry. He hasn't read the Daily Prophet in years. Draco knows nothing of Potter's life, nothing. And he terribly, desperately wants to know. But Potter seems exhausted, and did Draco not just tell Potter off for exactly that, for prying? No. He's better off keeping this encounter as pleasant and unintrusive as possible. And come tomorrow, they'll both forget about this and move on with their lives. All right, says Draco, running his hand through the short hair on the back of his neck. Go on, then. I need to get ready for work. Do you ever wish you were someone else? Potter asks. Some no-name first year that went unnoticed most of Hogwarts and graduated and found a job, maybe in flourishing bolts. Not a good job, or a bad one. Just a job and floated through life, worried about outfits and dates. Potter, says Draco, or maybe a muggle. A nameless, faceless muggle. No, Potter, I don't. Unwilling to give it up? All this? There's a sneer to his voice, 
the desolate feel of Malfoy Manor has clearly not gone unnoticed. No, Potter, there's nothing to give up, nothing to undo or redo. It is what it is. This is our life, and we'd best get on with it. I have no time nor inclination to wallow. Why the fuck not? Because it won't help. It will hurt the heart and cripple the spirit, but it most certainly will not help. This is what we have. You, your adoring crowd, a crown, a name, and I, this castle, a stellar reputation. A job that is challenging enough to be enjoyable. It is enough. It has to be. And how did this conversation suddenly turn to the bearing of souls? There's no one else, he supposes. No one else in his life who knows, who's been there, who walked through the same hell, even if it was in the opposite direction. Doesn't it haunt you, Potter asks, being here with all these memories, with him? Voldemort is long dead, Potter, and if I want to rid myself of the memories, I'd have to chop off my arm and obliviate myself. And even then, I don't know if it would be enough. So no, short of suicide, I'm stuck with it. The war, my part in it. I may as well live here. What does it matter where I take the memories? What spaces I let them inhabit? They fall silent then, each in his own thoughts. Until, with a start, Draco remembers the time and rises from his bed. Enough. I need to get dressed. My first meeting is in half an hour. Potter leaves the room, and Draco dresses. By the time his first meeting starts, he's forgotten Potter was ever even there. That was Chapter 2 of Out of the Dark by Choices. Please leave a comment or kudos on Archive of Our Own. You can find the link in the episode description. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys.